Welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. That's right, new intro, slightly different intro, because this is a big episode. We're here to talk about Attack on Titan, the big one-hour special that aired in March of 2023. I'm giving you a date and timestamp because the naming convention of Attack on Titan Seasons is a nightmare. Um, You probably know that if you're here. Um, Little known fact, the Part-Time Otaku Podcast, which you are listening to, its inception was because of Attack on Titan. We started uh, covering it um, back when they did season four for the first time. Um, So yeah, we are really big fans. We're anime-only viewers. Um, We get into the whole episode. We talk about the whole plot, the synopsis, favorite moments, nitpicks, predictions, theories, all of that stuff. It's a big episode for us. Thank you for your patience for it. Um, Big shout out and a huge thank you to the comic book shop on Bank Street. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Comic Book Shop Bank. They spell shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. You can also find them at thecomicbookshop.com. Um, thank you for your continued support of the show. And alas, you may enjoy this episode. Grant, hit him with the music. We made it, Grant. We did it. <laughs> We're here, buddy. Oh my god. Um, COVID can't stop us. Mm-mm. Mappa's absurd release schedule can't stop us. No. It, this right. is it. The Attack on Titan final season, final part four season, final chapters, part one of two or six. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. <laughs> we are so happy to be here talking about another ending. <laughs> Of, the, of another ending. Yeah. Um, was it the prequel to the sequel? That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, this is ending <laughs> ending part one, underscore final, V1, underscore, this is the real last one, underscore, JK. We're going to laugh about this until our, like, into our 50s. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> remember that time? Remember the time they did that? You remember when they tried to pull the wool over our eyes? <laughs> and let's be very clear, they deserve it, all right? right? This is no one's fault but their own. Um... How about, Grant, how about that bitchin' thumbnail we got on uh, this episode of the podcast? Isn't that sick? So nostalgic. You sent that to me? Hundreds like, oh, away. Yeah, we're doing that again. Can't yeah, dude. That. So, if you're a listener, or, or a modern listener of our of our podcast, um, you may not know that we started with Attack on Titan. We started covering this together back when season four was, like, the first version of season four. You know, not like we've seen like four season fours at this point, but the first time they did it, we were we were here. We were jazzed. And yeah, and we were recording it on uh, on AirPods. And um, and we would do like the community for Attack on Titan is so great. Uh, There's always so much killer fan art uh, hopping around that we would do a ton of we would usually try and feature like a fan made um thumbnail um if you're listening to this on like spotify it's it's that image um this one's by stefan gian we'll tag him on instagram you can find him in our post at the part-time otaku podcast instagram and he made this bitch in one of uh of hanji and and her in front of all those uh colossal titans so that's a pretty killer one um i guess is there anything else housekeeping grant um we we'd have not read the manga no so you know, I think one of the reasons people are so salty about this release schedule uh, for Attack on Titan and the ending is, you know, the manga has been out and it's been finished for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know it's a controversial ending. And the longer this goes, like the harder it is to not get spoiled. Right. And that is not an invitation to spoil us. OK, we have defenses prepared. Yeah. So don't we'll get algorithmed. Yeah, we won't be algorithmed. <laughs> Your DMs will not spoil us. We have we have friends in low places that are checking these things. Um, but yeah, so, you know, this is all new content uh, for both of us. We're very, very excited about it. And and yeah, we're, we're finally here to talk about Attack on Titan. It feels like it's just been so long. I know, I missed it. It's like, you know, I, I love our show. I love, you know, every week we get to sit down and talk about what we're watching. But it was... There was something about sitting down and doing like a full, like full notes for an episode, like every little detail. Oh, that was cool. Make a note. Oh, you know, make sure to talk to Dave about, you know, specifically talk to Dave about this. Like, yeah. It's, it was, you know, it's, um, the ritual, you know, I, yeah. I, I feel like anything Attack on Titan related for us 
it's been a bit of a ritualistic experience so it's uh it was it was really nice to kind of settle back into it yeah but, uh, yeah so this is the one hour special all jokes aside we're viewing the first of who knows how many one hour specials but in all of their discography they've only done one hour special and that's what we're they've only done a single one hour special and that's what we're going to review um so spoilers for that whole special coming like now um i'm going to start and i'm going to read the quick synopsis that i found on their wiki um and from there we're going to talk about kind of plot point by point we're going to get into our favorite moments nitpicks predictions for the end if uh, if it in fact it is actually arriving um but i'll start us off with the synopsis the combined group of surviving scouts and warriors managed to get the flying boat fueled and prepared at Odiha, but not without a costly delay caused by Flock. Hanji fights the approaching titans alone to buy the group time, handing over command to Armin. The group catches up with Eren near Fort Salta, one of the last bastions of humanity in Marley, following a failed bombing run by the Marlian military. The scouts and warriors jump from the flying boat and on to the back of Eren's founding titan. Um, one thing this special or this synopsis doesn't mention is maybe one of my most, you know, the, like the, my favorite part of the whole one hour special is the first 15 minutes. Mm. Um, Aaron um, and Marley. Harrowing. Probably, probably in Attack on Titan has done some pretty messed up things. Yeah. Uh, narratively, visually, um, this was like... You know, like, there's only one real... Like, there's a couple comparisons, similar moments, but it all goes back to episode one, right? Yep. The first attack and just, like, the the shock and the chaos and the panic that you felt, that was, like, clown shoes compared to this. This was some heavy, 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 heavy stuff. Uh, like, they truly... Like, story-wise, like, they haven't done... A moment like this, they, they've never really come close. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... Maybe Aaron attacking uh, Liberio was a very shock moment. Um, there's a lot of like it was almost, but it felt like a, a fleeting moment yeah. before the military was like quick into it. This was just you know horror, you know from from the get go. Yeah, it doesn't really get much darker than that. I think um, it really set a tone, mm -hmm. and I think it gave me what we we talked a lot about this when season four was airing was we weren't getting a lot of time with Aaron. And this is pretty much almost some of the only time we get with him in this whole one-hour special. But mm -hmm. it, it showed me kind of what I needed to see, I think. Yeah. It, I think we've been craving, um, the audience has been craving a look into his mind, right? Yes. How on earth is he feeling? Um, he's doing, he's quite literally committing geno genocide, and he knew he was going to have to, right? So what does that do to a person? Um, so I, we've confirmed that he is in fact conflicted. He did know this was going to happen. It's interesting because I, I wouldn't call it, I think like the initial, when he first had to come to terms of like what he was going to do, I yeah. don't think it was confliction. I think it was the guilt that he had to work through. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was confliction with him. And I feel like as the moments pass... You can see his ferocity, maybe. Maybe that's not the right word, but you can, like, as the moment passes, you can feel him more justified in his choice right. by the end of it. Like, that that whole monologue is, 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 is exceptional. And the other interesting thing is they do a really quick edit, and a quick, quick edit, and I wanted to ask you is, are we supposed to think that Armin is along for that whole... Like, Armin is just a passenger on everything yeah. we're seeing? I don't think so. Really? Because it cuts to... Like, he's clearly in the coordinate I think for that he... moment. And he's <sighs> there watching it, you know? I think he's in that moment and only that moment. I think he sees child Aaron. Because if Armin knew that Aaron had memories from the future, then it would change, I think, his, their entire approach. I but think if he, he was in on the he secret. Wasn't, he wasn't quite showing moments of the future. I think he was looking back on, like, when he was deciding. Or, like, when he was, like, kind of, like, had his, like, maybe not come to Jesus mode, but, like, when he had fully, like, I'm doing it now. This is my stance. And, yeah, I guess when you say it that way, because he kind of comes back and he has it with him later. But it was just, like, 
Armin's shock coming out of the court in that moment. It kind of felt like he was there for that whole little ride. I like think he was there moment. briefly. Yeah. Um, I do think he was there briefly. But it's funny. Like, I think we disagree on this, which is good. But we're, we're going to have to get into it later mm. towards the end of the show. Um, or just because we'll go in order a little bit. Yeah. But I don't... I don't... I feel like there is conflict, but it's it's more complicated than that. I think mm-hmm. Aaron's kind of trapped, sure, in a way. Um, but God, I I love that first 10, 15 minutes, man. So good. That Wallace. yeah, it was it was really really effective. And obviously, I, I mean, not obviously. I don't know if you if you noted this, but the kid who we see die is the same thief in Marley that stole Levi's purse. Do you remember that? Oh yes, someone yeah, someone did get away. So, do you think that was like the beating he was getting in that moment, or is just like another instance of? I don't know. Um, like, were they that close to Aaron when they got there? You know, like they're on, like they're getting off the boat, they're on the dock. You know, Levi's, you know, his wallet gets stolen or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. Aaron's like twenty feet down the road. I think that was all the same day. Huh um because one of the best and this is easy to miss right like little details in attack on titan are so easy to miss but he this is like a i have this wider theory about the way time is working and like he has do you he sees the kid getting beaten up Mm. and he goes i can't pretend to be a righteous person Mm. you know what i mean like i'm gonna kill everybody i know that already so he leaves but then he doubles back. Like, he, he yeah. saves the kid anyway because he knows he yeah, saves yeah. the kid. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, and the line that he uses is, the future doesn't change. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, what? It, I guess my theory is, I don't know if he has free will. Hmm. You feel like he's stuck in his own... I think like, he's stuck. The com, You know, the, the whole concept of time manipulation and, like, knowing... You know, kind of making... He's just continuing to follow through on what he, he sees. Yeah, I mean, now, to your point, it does seem like he has made a choice. Because yeah. in that first 15 minutes, he's kind of pondering to himself when he's about to save that kid or not save that kid. Mm. He does say, like, if I do nothing, then everyone on the island dies. And he gets that look in his eye, like, well, that's not acceptable. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. he has made it into an ultimatum, and he has chosen violence. There's no doubt about that. But, like, he already knows that he chooses violence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Before he ever even made the choice, he knew that he made that choice. Do you feel there's an element of him and his consciousness being hijacked by the founder? I think that's one of the big questions that I'm really... I want more information on, because you know that this special ends with armin saying in what way are you free mm. to aaron and i think that's like the big question and and again in the first 10 minutes of this episode of this special they go back to the first frames of the first episodes right and it's well, like why like i understand the time travel bit of when we touched historia's hand right and we saw mm. that's when it all clicked and you yeah. could visibly see aaron change then right mm-hmm. but there are a lot of moments way before that happening that are extremely suspect. Yeah. Like, Aaron saying, I'll destroy the world in season one, when he's fighting Annie, mm. when he loses control. Like, what the fuck is that about? Him crying as a kid, and keep continuing to go to that moment, saying he feels like he had a dream. Like, it makes me wonder, like, has Ymir been playing a hand in this, or well, did he comfort his past self now that he has the founder? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. is he... Does it go deeper? The thing that seems like it, this is a bit of a jump ahead, and it's it's not a it's not a huge kind of uh, leap here, but you know, Ymir has been ever since like she was like fully introduced. We saw her story. Mm-hmm. She's she's used very sparsely, yeah. poignant, yeah, if at all. And I found it interesting in the scene, you know, the scene where they all go to the court. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the actual moments later, but. When they go to the coordinate and Aaron reveals himself, he is by himself. And then when he doubles down on his conviction, Ymir is there. Yeah. So I think there might be something to him, like, not fully being behind the wheel. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I just... It, I think I have a bad feeling 
They copium. Made... It's a lot of copium there. And I, I'm not saying, like, I, just, I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, like, it, this wasn't really Aaron, you know, like, he never really would have committed genocide. It was Ymir getting her, you know, her pound of flesh, you know, because yeah. I don't think it's that. No, um, me neither. But it is, it is you know, it's time but, and time. you got to take some swings. you got to do some thinking. Right? Yeah, but it is clearly, to your point, it is clearly more complicated than Aaron bad scouts yes. good right like yes. they, this this show demands your attention it demands that all characters are gray in fact they spend a lot of time on that in this special um so yeah like i just don't think it's as simple as aaron is gonna commit genocide and that's it and that's who he is mm-hmm. you know what i mean um okay we've been jumping around a bit it's funny we always do this with attack on titan because we can't control ourselves because it's so exciting <laughs> we're so excited we're vibrating here. also before we jump ahead uh, as a whole, the animation was stellar. Was like, so oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. So, this there, I don't think this is a hot take, but tell me what you think. I think the first thing is obvious. Everyone agrees this is the best Mappa has done for Attack on Titan. Period. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's not close. No. Um, this is the best work that they've done. It's stellar. It will stand the test of time. I'm very happy about it. Um, I think it simultaneously kind of convicts them of rushing the other pieces. Yes. Um, you know, not that, like, anyone was denying that, right? Like, they put out statements talking about the animation quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's irritating knowing you're capable of this, and you delivered that, but whatever. And there are some awesome moments in parts one and two that I would mm-hmm. love to have some attention like this. That's that's the real kicker. Even as a whole, yes, it sucks, but there's some some really significant moments that would have yeah. loved, loved big time attention. And you ready for the hot take part? Let's do it. And again, I loved how this looked. This looked. This is the best they've ever done. I don't think even at their best, Mappa can uh, match the ODM gear sequences that Wit did. No. Like, I think, um, think about the Levi escaping Kenny's crew, Levi versus mm. the Beast Titan. That's a lot of Levi scenes, I'll give you that. Yeah. But, like, actually, even just ODM, dude. Any character in ODM covering ground, Yeah. like, Wit was in a league of their own. Um, well, the Annie yeah. fight. Also, like, there's oh, the, yeah. the, 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 when Annie's playing cat and mouse in the woods with Levi's squad. There. Oh, my God. Um, which, <laughs> again some great Annie a couple great Annie Levi moments in this episode yeah <laughs> but um but yeah like it's you know they, they've you know you and I are total wit stands like we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna get up here and say like you know <laughs> like anything otherwise like I love their work and you know what again I, I don't I don't think it's a hot take what you said I think you're dead on about it but Mappa is the one behind the wheel right now yeah and I do appreciate finally finally it looks good this is their best work and i'm very very happy about it yeah okay let's talk about the plot a little more so we've got children dying graphically Mm -hmm. um yelena tells the group where aaron will be heading as part of his plan we actually see that first in like a little bit of a flashback Mm. because we see good handoff very good handoff it's good that we're seeing you know i will say like the pacing like these slow reveals of aaron in the past because he held all the all the cards and the audience didn't sure Seeing like that beginning and that this flashback by Elena showing him making his decisions on like where he'll go first and all that stuff, mm. I think that's good work. Like that further showcases to the audience like he knew. Like he knew for a long time. He had and to make plans, he knew. The work has already been done around that moment. Yeah, we had all we had like you know we're just seeing a different angle from the from a scene that was like yeah. nearby. You know, it's not like it was just like an out of nowhere thing. We we've had the whole thing about them tracing her her comings and goings. You know, who was watching him, who wasn't. You know, we had the Azuma Beto stuff. The you know, it, it felt like just a companion piece to stuff we've seen. It didn't feel out of nowhere. Yeah, which, yeah. Another thing too is. Aaron, quote, trusting her, he more he more or less uses these people as tools, right? Flock, yeah. Yelena, Zeke, um, and that, there's complications with that. But another thing dawned on me is, like, he probably has a lot of confidence. And in, in these, like, intervening years, right, where we had the time skip and we're all seeing what he did now, he yeah. knows it works, quote, works out. He knows the eventuality. So I think he just has to operate the way he wants. Mm. And the battle for him is probably mostly mental. You know what I mean? He has to square it with his head. He, he pushes his friends away 
that's super clear now why he did that because he's known all along it was going to come to this Mm. um but yeah i just thought that was noteworthy um annie decides she won't be joining the fight and she's going to stay behind with uh gabby and falco and then there's this very big scene between armin and annie kind of confessing some scenes for one another um and then armin talks about how he's no longer a good person i want to talk about that in a minute but but first i want to get your take on on one annie not wanting to fight anymore and two the this romance angle they're they're taking Mm. so i think they did as much as they needed to with the romance in the scene they they hinted because that's to me this might be an adaptation not an issue but this probably came across maybe a little clearer in the manga would be Mm. my guess the Bertold clearly had feelings for her. you know the the Armin always kind of had like a thing mm-hmm. an, an attra- at the very least an attraction to her and then you know now that he you know became one with Bertold you know he's the colossal titan sure and it's just kind of like this mishmash it feels on surface level it makes sense because he was there every day he was you know as he says he was yeah. talking to her in, in, in the crypt or the diamond um and whatnot so like and she was, like, conscious through the whole thing, right? So, like, it is, like, a nice moment, you know? And to see them kind of... They're all kids. They don't know how to, like, pr- you know, profess love to each other. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, children of war. They were stripped from their homes due to disaster, you know? It's, like... it's. I think this is the best they can do, truly. And I, and I, think, it's, I think it's beautiful and sad. And I think that's what the moment was trying to convey. Sure, that yeah. It, it, it could never be. But they had they they were at least able to get this across, which I think was important. So fair enough. I think yeah. um, I think you know what it reminded me of. It it reminded me in last season or whichever part of season four this happened in, <laughs> um, when Connie steals Falco to oh. try and get him to his mom. And later, when we spend an entire episode of Annie on horseback, you know, like, there is this... Great, great moment. They're both good um, for different reasons. But I guess my nitpick here is you you can tell there's an attempt to wrap up every character's arc in a little bow. And, like, the Connie one to me, I was like, what? And The Connie one did feel a little, like, bow-rappy for sure. But I I, I do feel like this wasn't. Because I don't think Annie's story is done yet. I, I agree that her story isn't done yet. I I just have a hard time with the romance angle. I gotta be honest. I, I, I you make very valid points. I don't want to d- take away from that. Like the Berthold thing, that's legit. And clearly, Armin had an attraction of some kind to her. Mm-hmm. The part I struggle with is like what like the last time you saw this person, she was butchering your friends and colleagues. Like what if- where is there room for a romance? No, 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 no. But that's the thing. I don't think, I don't think they're capable of like knowing what a real romance is or what that is. Like, I think it's all surface level for them, and it's them. It's just like them trying to get the feelings up to the top a little bit, maybe. Mm. And again, you know, this is this show is as gray as it gets, right? Like it's oh yeah, they you know like there's you know scenes that we're going to talk about where they're all coming to terms with what they have done, what yeah. they have to do. And it's not, I think it's, at the end of the day, it's the repeated event is they can all look back to Reiner and Annie in this moment, you know, because they're with them, and be like, we get why you did what you did. Yeah. And because we have now done that. And again, we're going to talk about that in, in more later, because, you know, pivotal episode, or point of the episodes, but... I think that's how Armin can come to terms. And, you know, he does the whole thing about saying, like, I'm not a good person. I am a monster. Yeah. And I think he can acknowledge that, like, you are too. You did what you had to do. I did what I felt like I had to do. And, you know, like, I think, you know, I don't know. I think when he did what he did in Liberio and him coming back and probably doing more daily visits to her, mm. that was probably his way of not... You know, not atoning, but trying to atoning. wrap his head around it. Exactly. So I think you know, and again, in a very messed up way, it probably, you know, that's he made more of a connection of himself to her. Right. Right. Probably feelings that Bertolt probably had, and then now he was experiencing for the first time. 
you know, it's like like I said, I don't I don't think they were trying to send home like a full on relationship romance scene. They better not. I think they were just trying to I think they're just like just digging in a little more and like what it is to have like another person's memories in you and these connections and how it's all kind of right. Ra- you know, it's like I said, I, I think for what it is and it's some of the murkiest stuff in the lore and the world. I think it's I think it's a sweet scene and the show doesn't get very many sweet scenes. That's that Fair last full enough. So, you know. But uh but yeah. No, I I, was, I, I, thought, I thought it was a very good scene. I, I will uh, I will segue and say like it is immediately followed by an incredible monologue by Armin that they touch on more later in the episode. Mm. We could probably talk about that now if you want. Like I think that's probably one of the most important things of this whole uh, episode is Armin and everyone else later vocalizing that nobody gets out clean. No, there's nobody left alive on this show who hasn't taken innocent life or you know what i mean that hasn't done something monstrous armin himself like right has killed hundreds or thousands of probably civilians you know what i mean like that's crazy um and i think i i gotta give it up like they did getting everybody's hands dirty last Mm -hmm the last rendition of season four yeah uh was really really effective that yeah that whole scene at the docks or the harbor whatever you want to call it was yeah. grueling for everyone yeah you know like no one yeah like you said no one came out clean and i think everyone's now on i think the important thing is now <clears throat> for the story to work everyone had to be on the same wavelength in whether it's you know you have blood on your hands or i understand how you guys saw the world like everyone is just even and yeah they had to be to you know it, it didn't feel railroaded yeah and because you know at the end of the day for them to even attempt to do what they need to do to Aaron, they have to be even they have to be on the same wavelength and it just feels very natural um and yeah like this scene is just like the first like little part of that we continue to see throughout the and they do it so many times in an hour with the same characters also having like different things to say, but it all kind of wraps up to the same kind of point, right? That like we're, you know, none of us are innocent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, God. it's really good. Um, it's it, such a good freaking monologue. Yeah, it's really good. And it feels like, you know, in the first part of season four, and I'm not doing a bit, like they fucked themselves by giving it th- these names. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But in the first part of season four, they do, they did a great job showing the Marley inside, right? And we got background info and uh, we got backgrounds on Reiner and Bert, like on all these characters, on Zeke even, right? Like yep. there's a there's a whole episode dedicated to Zeke's childhood and what's driving him and why he feels the way he does. And I think everybody ends up empathizing with him more than we thought we would. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end up getting this whole like how the motivations work for each side in season four. And then like as we keep going down that path, we're now seeing everybody make grayer and more morally compromising choices to accomplish the things that they're fighting for. And we understand the things that they've been fighting for better than we ever have. It's really well executed, man. Okay. Also, one quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtrack is also... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, it's, there's there's one track they use during... When they're, like, the quotations interrogation scene of Elena. Yeah. And I was like whoa dude like i'm having a hard time concentrating right now because i am vibing to this (laughs) i'm excited yeah sorry no the whole score was really really good um what happened what else happens yeah they have that whole chat with uh, armin and annie yelena reveals aaron's plan oh yeah we're reminded that levi is in not condition not good condition excuse me um through though only need two fingers. <laughs> I think he'll be fine, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Annie and Reiner say a goodbye. That's that an important was, moment. That was a very important moment. They and kind of forgive each other. Brevi- they do, and like, it's it, it was so beautiful and so sad at the same time, because you can tell like she's probably had so much rage. <laughs> like she says, like it. everyone has yeah. to Reiner. Yeah. You know, I. I lo- <laughs> I love that she could say that and he could still have a smile on his face of 
I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, because she says, I thought about killing you so many times. Yeah. <laughs> but... But then they hugged too. It, it was like, it was like awkward in like, in the way that these people like who, you know, like they had their families and then, you know, they, but like they don't know, all I have is like companionship and love for one another. But like, just see, like, just like her just putting her head into his chest and him like kind of holding her. Yeah. I was like, they're all so broken. Like they can't even like hug. And, and, like, and I'm not like trying to be funny on it, but like they don't even know how to like comfort each other. No, they are a bunch of broken people. <clears throat> it it, it yeah. reminds me like of that amazing quote that God, I think the owl said the first time of, he says it to, Ye, uh, to Grisha who ends up hearing it from his son later on. Mm. Isn't this, aren't you the one who started this story? Mm. And it just feels like in so many ways, Reiner, specifically and annie in a way have kind of started this version of that story for themselves you know what i mean like it starts with them kicking in the wall they opened up the final act yeah you know um and they just they had no idea what they were doing no and yeah fast forwards with nukes yeah you know it was yeah um (sighs) as the scouts prepare their airplane flock appears because Uh. it wouldn't be a special without our best boy um, on death's door and he, uh, shoots the fuel tank in the plane or the, uh, flying boat rather, excuse me, full of holes. Uh, and then he's killed by Mikasa. Good kill shot by Mikasa right in the Are you trying to tell me he, <laughs> oh my God, I hate this character so much. He's... Are you mad that he survived by holding the boat? I am, legitimately. I thought, I, I have to, I haven't gone back and watched, but I was convinced he took a fatal wound. Hey, and... a shoulder wound. It's pretty bad. Are you trying to tell me he held on to the boat in the ocean for that long? Well, how long is that long? That's the question. Well, they clearly, like, were not close. Like, they had to go from, like, one port to another. So they had to probably go to open sea. Like, again, I haven't drawn up maps or anything there. But, like, it it just, it seems the most stretched moment in the episode. Yeah. Um, it You know what fixes that, right? Like, we've talked about this. Like, when audience members, when the audience loses their sense of disbelief, or their mm-hmm. suspension of disbelief, rather... Like, you know how you fix that? Is you just give us an after credit scene or you give us a quick scene of him, I don't know, using the ODM gear to grapple hook onto the back of it. Yeah. Or something. Or, you know, maybe he does that and then he stows away on the back of the boat so he doesn't have to be mm. in the water or something. But to your point, yeah, I didn't see that coming either. No. It completely, I, I was, like, shook. I was like, oh, my God. You said, oh, my God. No, not you. Anyone but you. <laughs> and it, you know what, though? Effective. Because... Yeah. Because it puts us into the uh, into the next problem, which is yeah. the rumblings here, and we have no time. Mm. And from here, this is pretty much the last. Well, no, it's not the last. A part one. A part one. Yeah. yeah. Um, they fix the fuel tank by welding plates to it, but they need uh, someone to buy time. Hanji Incredibly. does that incredibly paced sequence of them trying to fix the plane. Oh, masterfully I... done so well like them like yelling at each other of like the tin is on fuel now like you know the lot like you know the, just the moments that shouldn't stick out in an episode is like no more fuel start the plane like yeah. we're done that's all we can do and i was like yeah i buy that you guys like you know it's but yeah but hanch uh do you think they're all watching dave oh my god oh god i legitimately cried did you cry during the, this whole sequence yeah uh, i was I, pretty I, close the first time no because you know, I was I was so sick. Like this, it, it was such a wasted <laughs> fever dream. In the first, it, seriously, it was such a wasted. It, I was uh, Leanne and I were very upset with uh, our first viewing experience. Not not because it wasn't good. Obviously, like we love the episode, but it was just you know we were so sick. <laughs> Anyways, but um, when the second and third time I rewatched it, uh, you know, cans on the score. It, it very much took took over me, and I, uh, I shed a couple of tears both times. It was, it, yeah, was it was it's one of the best moments in Attack on Titan, period. For sure, truly. Like you know, I I do agree with you that you know even though this is like the best looking Mappa um, ODM gear sequence, o- ODM gear, it still doesn't like, hold a shine to like the series as a whole. But I think the package itself is incredibly well done. It's emotional. It it, it purposely pulls at the heartstrings, obviously. Oh yeah. You know, with with the score and the words said, you know, like, you know, the moment between, 
like Levi and her is that's like a whole thing, you know, like the you know the give your heart, you know, like Levi's never said that, yeah, you know, and also like the handoff. Sorry, I'm, I'm holding. No, no, it's okay. Here, but the handoff of Hanji to Armin is probably one of the best, probably one of the most badass moments in the show for me. Just you know, like the line of you know the role or the the role of this position requires like you know the, a specific guess, yeah a specific skill set or or intriguing yeah <laughs> i know what you mean like the line and, or the delivery of it was like it was like man it was like man i like i gave my heart you know it was like oh like i'm freaking in right now like it was yeah. as it was to me that was as cool as a moment as you know erwin's last ride like truly like I, you know the different yeah. tones but, oh yeah like the delivery of them was like i had chills and like Armin's reaction to oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I I agree with everything you said. I I think Armin was finally ready for yes. that responsibility when she finally gave it to him, and I loved the the fake out of who's going to stay behind. And there's no, it's too quick, right? Like again, you mentioned the pacing is really well done, and it is. There's no time to argue, I'll stay. No, you stay. I should stay because, no. like, they don't do that bullshit. It's just like Hanja's like, nah, enough, enough. I'm going. This is it. Armin, you're next at bat. You know, peace out. And then, like, a little bit of just just the perfect amount of Hanja, like, like humor with Levi. Like, I don't mess up my cool exit. And then, yeah, him saying the give your heart thing. As much as it, it seems silly and it is irritating... Because it's becoming like so commercialized, and there's fucking Sasageo T-shirts everywhere. Yeah, which it yeah. feels a little uh, against the point. Because, I mean, I think we've talked about this, but the whole thing was that Erwin came up with that and meant it about as genuinely as possible, right? Mm-hmm. And about as wholesomely as possible, and it was completely usurped by and poisoned and tainted by like the Jaegerists and their whole kind of authoritarian regime, which like is how things happen a lot of the time. So, like, one, the show handling that was fantastic. And two, like, Levi finally saying it in a moment that matters, is poignant, it's a callback, it shows character development for him. It's fan service in the best way possible. Yeah, because if it, without all that, it's just plus ultra. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, and that's, that's fine, but Attack on Titan is not that show. Nope. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said. I thought it was a perfect way for Hans to go out, and I I love love the decision to show her uh, post death in the afterlife. Yeah. That and was like, they've never done that before. Perfect no. character to do it for. Do you okay? So do you want to jump into that, or do you think not not to call it fluff, but do you think that was just a like a nice moment or do you think that has like bigger narrative purpose oh good question um okay so my i'm gonna not change my gut reaction my gut reaction was that's just a nice moment okay i i think so too yeah but you think is there a case for it being like a narrative i don't think so but i think that is like her final moment i think that is her thought as she descends to the earth yeah yeah i'm yeah i agree with that yeah but i I just love the line too of like Oh, Erwin, you wouldn't believe how hard I had it. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, you know, and, he's and he like, goes, "Yeah, you had it I, tough." I, yeah, I bet you did. Tell us all about it. I love that. It was, it was just an, a, such a nice, well-written character. You know, you know, Han. They had so many opportunities to like, do Han. Like, not like that kind of character, doesn't always work. You know, especially yeah. like in anime. Like, you know, not. I think Han always had the great, the great balance of. You know, she was always, like, not tertiary, more of a secondary character. And then, like, but when she had to take the 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 lead, you know, it was believable. You're like, of course. Like, that yeah. makes sense, you know. And, like, there we had all this little stuff enough to, for it to make sense. And then, you know, we continued to build and build. And, like, season four is, like, her, I, mean, I think her biggest moments are all in season four, truly. Probably, yeah. She's had um, some big ones along the way, but, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it, uh, no, it, was, a, it was just a nice little moment. Yeah. Um, chapter two is much shorter than chapter one. Like it's only slightly shorter in length, but in terms of what actually happens, um, we might fly by this a little bit, but a lot of it happens in the plane Mm -hmm. as we escape because Hanji bought everybody time. The scouts have a whole conversation, right? About 
what are Aaron's intentions? Reiner, and, and I'm glad that he picked up on this, yeah. is the character to say, like, it must be agonizing for him. He mm. seems to be letting us stop, try to stop him. That was our question last year. Really? Like, yeah. Why, why doesn't Aaron just flick the switch and shut them all down? It's interesting as well that he probably was listening in, right? So he is kind of... Because he flips the switch and brings them to the coordinate as they're discussing it. Mm. So I think it... Because I think that one of the characters actually says that. They said, could he be listening in? Like, does he know that we're mm. on the way? If he has the ability to shut us all off? Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And that Aaron kind of wants to... In this instance, he decides that there's no conversation to be had, which is interesting. Dave, my... I think it's my all... I I wrote it down. I think it might be my all-time favorite quote from Attack on Titan or any anime. And it's just... The whole scene of, you know, Aaron not even, like, talking with them. It's like he's talking at them about, like... Essentially describing, like, what everyone's own choice of freedom is. Mm -hmm. It was completely haunting. Um, I will obtain freedom by taking it from everyone else. Yeah, and he's like, and that's my freedom, and your freedom is to choose to if stop you want me. To try and stop me, yeah. But my favorite quote, and there's something about it, it just completely like it, it stopped me in my tracks. Is you know why are we here? Like why you know why are we talking? Or whatever. And he, the quote is to discuss the fact there's no need to have a discussion. Yeah, yeah. it was the most like you know like you know like. <laughs> Like, it's over. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know, there's no room. And it was just, it was just so, it was so Aaron. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's always had, like, these, mo- like, these, like, one-liners. And, like, you know, as he was, you know, a younger character, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, Like, you know, like, you know talk to guy there, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 You know, yeah. you want to fight the good fight. But, like, you have moments like this. And, like, this guy has, has been unhinged from the day we met him. And, like, we know that. Yeah. But just the delivery of a line like that is like, <laughs> where are you coming at from, brother? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah. Uh, that shocked me. Um, but yeah, he's getting ahead of it, basically, right? Yeah. He's getting ahead of it. And then the team kind of has this whole conversation that we already kind of covered, where they yeah. just talked about all the blood on their hands. That mm-hmm. very, very important scene. Um, Connie. Connie, like, re- like, get, like, get, like, an olive branch to Reiner of, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like, what you went through, I can only... Like, the fact that they can even... The fact that they're mature enough to... Again, it's based on their experience they just had. But, like, for them to be like, damn, dude, that sucked for you. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks for us. It sucks for all of us. Yeah, yeah and it, they ask him. It had to be agonizing. It had to be so hard. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny. There is this connection between Reiner and Aaron, you know, that we can't deny, I think. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they've really brought up that line a lot. I'm the same as you. Yeah. You know, as that Aaron said to him in the first part of season four. And um, yeah, I feel like those two have unfinished business. Obviously, everyone here does. Um, maybe once we wrap this up, we should talk about, you know, some theories, predictions, just just for fun. Um, but first, there's this whole... This was a ple- oh. pleasant surprise. There's this military... Uh, Mar- this Marley military reserve out on, was it Fort Salta? Oh, before we get to that, mm. we are missing one thing. What? We forgot to talk about the most on-the-nose storyline in AOT is Falco becoming a bird titan. Oh, God, yeah. I have that in my nitpicks. <laughs> uh, I, I hated this. Um, we did we did breeze right by that. Eh? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, because we, we talked about it last year like when, he, when we saw him. His titan design. His Titan design, and you and I were very like it had quick claws to be, and like, feathers. Yeah, we were very quick to be like, uh, 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 I don't like this. This is a little too like, your name's Falco. I don't like that. It's a little, <laughs> yeah. So let me ask very, you this: yeah. is, is it like a deuce? What's the term? A deuce ex machina? Like that the female Titan can manifest? Like what the fuck are they talking about? That was that felt like deuce to me. <laughs> Like, what are you talking... Oh, yeah, I was supposed to swallow all this stuff because the female Titan can manifest... What are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Now... When, uh, when this is all over, I'm going to be doing... That's going to be what, the first thing I'm looking up is the female Titan. Probably. Yeah, don't come at me and tell me it's better in the manga, okay? Because yeah. we'll, we'll find that out whenever we find that out. But, uh... And, yeah, you know, again, one of the season four parts, like, there is a blind about, do we not have any flying Titans? 
There is a line about that, a general, and Marley says that. Um, mm. So, I don't know. That would be weird. And I... That, that just... Nice. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, they've got a few misses. That, that's a weird one if they do that, man. But whatever. You know? Like, as long as he doesn't, like, fall out of the fucking sky and kill Aaron... Oh, God, what if he does? You know what I mean? Like, don't mm. fuck up the ending because he wanted a flying titan. <laughs> Falco had too key a role in the first part to not be very heavily involved in Aaron's ending. Yeah, maybe. Or Gabby. Or Gabby. Because she might come, right? I think Gabby had her Aaron come up and it's wrapped up. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But you know, but if he, but if save, if killing him means saving the world, she might still do that. I don't know. Um, but I, I, okay, I think one thing we both agree on is that Annie... And Falco will probably end up in the conflict. Yes. Is that fair? 100%. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then there's this air raid. Um, and we should mention that at, around the same time we see this Marleyan offensive uh, with all these the their air their airships, we also realize that Annie's father, Reiner's parents, they made it out of Liberia. They hijacked a train. Yeah, that cutaway from uh, yeah. Yeah, previous season. Yeah, so th- that's... I mean, I guess that's good. I, to me... Um, it's giving the final conflict a, an audience made up of yeah. both Eldians and Marlians, and I think that's not an accident. Nope. Um, because the offensive fails miserably. It it does answer a question for us immediately, though. Where's Zeke at? Where's Zeke? And can Aaron control him? And it looks like he can. So, I have a theory Hit me. on that. Um, I don't think that Zeke. What do you think I it is? Think, I think that's the Warhammer Titan. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, because it is all gray, right? Yeah, and there's cords connecting it. And there's cords connecting it. Um, and when he's throwing stuff, he's generating it with the Warhammer Titan animation. Yeah. Like, he's not throwing pieces of bone. He's making it out of nothing. I, I think that's... I think he's a big nothing. I think that's exactly... I think he's just yeah. creating a weapon to fight off those blips. I Okay, so I think it's sort of that i think zeke's in there trapped and aaron forced him to transform into the beast and is piloting him like a fucking marionette okay so you think that is zeke yeah yeah i don't know if he's doing any of this of his own free will though i think the chords and like all that is like i think zeke because i think if aaron was just gonna do it himself like he could just do it himself couldn't he do you think aaron is foolish enough to just leave him out in the open like that. I, don't I think know. he's just generated like when he generated the hammer or when he generated the crossbow. I think I think that is just literally a weapon. Yeah. I that look I think it's a bait. I, I was going to say is it a decoy? I think he's trying to draw in I think who is he, if anyone is going to pull in it's obviously the yeah. guy. Well, right as they um as they land, as the scouts land cuz this attack fails, right? Miserably. Um and the scouts land Reiner does tackle him and separate the strings, uh, separate the armored stuff from mm. Aaron's giant body. So yeah. I think if the if the monkey just stops working because he's been separated, that'll tell us a lot. Yeah. Um, or if he, you know, or if Reiner can rip Zeke out of there because they did make a good point, right? Like if Zeke's royal blood is the only thing powering the founding Titan, killing him would also effectively, like. Um, nerf Aaron's powers, right? Yes. Maybe. So, killing either or stopping one of them would work. We Theoretically. Yeah, but again, we don't get to see that. Well, when it's over, we'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the th- kind of the bummer, you know? Like, yeah. it's not like we're getting, like, a bunch of episodes and, like, week to week, we're like, oh, is it? We still don't know if it's, you know, if that was this or that. It's, it's just going to be over. Yeah, so it's, uh, that's pretty much the end, right? Like they. Well, we sorry. I think you would start it, but we didn't get to it. There's an incredible speech from a general. Yeah. Uh, I'll, if you want, I'll, you started. I'll let you get back into that. But uh, no, no. I mean, like, um, we see the air offensive take off. We see Zeke slash Aaron, the the Titan, decimate it. We see yeah. all of the parents witness this, and there is a really great speech by a general, who. I think finally says the quiet part out loud. I don't have any quotes in front of me. I don't know if you do, but uh, no, it just it was just powerful. It was shocking to hear like a Marley general saying it. 
Yeah, that's... He basically says, like, we've spewed so much hate into the world that this is what it created, right? Mm. And it's funny, because you and I talked about this in one of the previous seasons. Like, is Aaron ultimately a product of his environment, right? Like, ultimately, are you... When you do this to a group of people for this long, will this eventually happen? And the answer is probably yes, Mm. right? Aaron is kind of the sum of his parts, in a way. Um, and if you, and you know, there's a whole free will discussion and all that, but like the short answer is like, he's kind of this thing born of hatred Mm. right now. And that's what's staring at them. That's kind of what he says. And it is very apt. Yeah. Also, there's also moments too, both Ryder and Andy's dad kind of like have their moan of like what they have done to like, you know, they're just as at fault as anyone else or, you know, pushing children into the lives that uh, they're now, you know, or like what they're currently going through. Yeah. But, um, um, two more things. Mm-hmm. Um, the flying scenes, the only Capone ripping around on that plane, Homie. uh, were, were epic. The landing, that whole sequence of him, like coming down from the clouds, safely getting them to the spine and then making his getaway to get to the last stand was like very good usage of CG or, or 3d anime, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's funny because we only usually see this with the Titans, but all that stuff with the plane looked incredible. Um, I really, really dug that. Glad to see he's still kicking. Um, and then <clears throat> the, the final thing, maybe this is just me grasping at straws, but I found it very interesting that when that said general, he, when they realize that you know the you know uh, Armin Armin and Co have now arrived, he his assessment is. The par- is Parody Island here to save us? Mm-hmm. I thought that was very weird. Like, almost teeing up, like, there is, like, potential rainbow. of Like, if they can stop it, you know, the world will give them some slack, maybe. Yeah, that, that's what you I know, meant. Or at least the new world might give them some slack. Whatever's like, left, he, yeah. But, like, he easily could have just said, like, oh, we're, they're here to save us. But for him to point out that Parody Island is here to save us. Right. I th- I found that that part specifically very very interesting. Like I said, it might be nothing. No, no. I think I think you're right. I think by getting all of the like, it's convenient now, right? We have Marley and Generals, and we have yeah. prisoners from Liberia, and they're yeah. all about to witness Parody trying to stop the rumbling, right? And you know maybe they do. So like I think that it's possible Aaron kind of and and again who knows. But he might be pulling, um, like, a little Code Geass on us and, like, making himself the n- number one enemy for the world, right? To unite the world against only himself, sure. knowing he'll lose um, after having killed, you know, after having gotten rid of a lot of Eldians already, mm. after liberating and getting a lot of revenge. It could be an all, like, means-to-an-end strategy for him. Um, knowing he's going to lose, but after that there's peace. Mm. I, I, I think that's certainly possible. Because now there's a whole audience to see him and his tyranny and his genocidal, like, nuke, like, be stopped by, a, you know, a joint task force made up of Marleans and Eldians and everybody can get along and sing Kumbaya at the end. So you think that's just all of this? That's the end game? Yeah. I don't know. I have no I become the villain clue. to save everyone. Because, like... Okay, so we're done. Like, this is the episode. That's it. Yeah. There is a lot, like, more so than ever, a lot of consensus that we're going to get an anime original ending. Right, yeah, because so, uh, whatever the again, manga ending is, it's controversial. People... To say the least. Yeah. So a lot of people don't like it. Um, though I've seen some people do. It's hard to... We're not in that community, right? I don't know what the consensus is, but I know it's controversial. But, uh, so I don't know. It's, um, all in all fantastic fantastic pieces of television yeah i think my working theory today is and like if you know all of these theories like one can be right and if it is it invalidates the others right sure like but like for example maybe this one isn't i'm super confident i'm not super confident in it but like yeah maybe one of the theories is that he knows how this ends and it ends in his death and his death brings about peace in some roundabout way um i don't know if i love that but i think it's possible 
Um, the other one that I have is that is he's just more of a tragic character because I don't know, I don't know if he had free will mm. because of the time issue. And which is the problem you get into in any time travel story. The second story. you incorporate that in your story. That's the problem you're dealing with. Which, which could be both satisfying and tragic, right? Because sure. it's Aaron clearly, and this has been a very, very consistent theme throughout the entire show, his value for freedom, mm. right? That's all he's wanted. And he might win it for everyone, ironically, having never had it himself. You know what I mean? If he didn't have free will and if he was destined to make these choices, whether it was through the manipulation of time and circumstance or maybe something more sinister from like Ymir, right? Um, But he may have never had the ability to truly choose. Now, obviously, he's like the perfect guy at the perfect time. You know, so maybe maybe he does because he would have made that choice anyway, which is why he makes that choice because he made that. You know what I mean? Now you're in a loop. But I don't know. I don't know. I I can easily like. I feel like with the way this ended, it definitely feels like they're setting up for the good ending. You know that good could being... be could be like the good guys win. You know, like they stop Aaron. You know, there's some resemblance of world peace at some point. You know, or like you know, like mm-hmm. parody gets to continue to live. The world, you know, heals in its own way. But like everyone kind of. You know, I think that's, like, potentially the good ending. That's, like, you know, parody wins. Yeah. Or, you know, the Armin and them win. But I can really just see, like, Aaron, like, no, I lay waste to the world, you know? And, like, the... There, there was just a part... There was a line in the episode where he says, like, I can't risk... I can't take the risk that yeah. harm will come to Parody Island. Yeah. And I could just see him winning. And, you know, we get 15 minutes of, you know, 35 years from now and like you know parody is thriving and they're like <laughs> they're all in the world you know like I, I legitimately can see that you know this the the turns and the curves in the show and the storytelling that's not a foreign concept i don't think yeah so it's i i think we got we got some awesome stuff but do we agree that he definitely dies i think in one way he does yeah i don't i don't think we could again aaron is too complicated a cat and his philosophy and the conundrum that he is in, he doesn't get off easy. I know that much, you know, whether yeah. it's, whether it's a morose way, whether it's like a sad way, happy, you know, like he dies, like knowing that he did something, uh-huh. you know, what good or not. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, man. All right. Want, want to do some predictions or, uh, I don't think I have any other nitpicks. I think we pretty much, the we Falco mentioned the Falco was, thing was big. One. The biggest. The too. Yeah. <clears throat> The biggest nitpick I can say, and, like, we've talked about it all show, and, like, it's just hard to not mention it because of this Attack on Titan is such a big deal, but the release schedule has definitely harmed the show's legacy. Like, yeah, like all jokes aside, um, they really shot themselves in the foot with the naming convention choices and the uh, the release schedule. Like, it's been the end now for, like, a number of years, and there's only a little bit further to go, but... Yeah, that's uh, definitely disappointing that they have had the issues that they've had in production. I do feel, like, after after this was released, I do feel a little bitter that we only got these two as one. These two episodes as, you know, like a one-hour thing. I liked, I like the week-to-week with the show. I mm-hmm. like sitting down, and this is just a me thing, and probably a you thing as well. I like sitting down, I like talking with you with, you with it, I like talking with Leanna, you know, going back and forth in the group chat, all four of us, you know, like, I love that about this show and how it, it, more than most shows, it makes you think and like, where, where are we going? Like, you know, doing this, this and that. I do feel a little robbed of the experience Mm. with this. It was nice. There's no doubt about it. You know, the timing, you know, in my life was unfortunate, but like, you know, I think it's a huge bummer. Like, I just, I understand it's a production companies that want to make their money. They want to get it out. They have deadlines and shareholders and all the boring shit that no one wants to hear about or talk about. Mm -hmm. But, like, it is such a shame they could not have just waited to release this and do, like, six weeks or four weeks. Like, do, like, a one-month thing. Every week we get an episode and just, like, get the fandom. Like, you go on the subreddit, like, like, it's, the excitement is there and people are talking, but, like, 
you're there's almost more excitement of like going back like oh like this guy said this like last week you know and like yeah. links up with this now like the the mystery box of it all and like the the yarn like you know running the yarn that is the experience of this show and i yeah. and it is like again the people making it they work very hard but like you know if it comes down to a management like it's it's just so unfortunate they don't understand that like the way the fan base the relationship with the fan base to the show like i think there would have been a little more respect you know with this and they would have like properly blocked it out again who knows why but it just i do personally i feel a little robbed i think that would be my biggest nitpick with this as a yeah whole. no i mean i don't i don't blame you like they really they really mess this one up in terms of the, oh. the release but royally what are you gonna do yeah. um predictions i think we like the time loop stuff is the most interesting stuff to me mm. i will give you a couple bold ones um just for fun I'm going to say Armin and Levi's definitely survive. Oh. Yeah. I'm calling survivals for Armin and Levi. Mm. I think Mikasa, probably after killing Aaron, <laughs> doesn't survive. <laughs> I'm making See, big I'm, swings. I'm the opposite. I think Mikasa lives. I think the other two die. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Reiner lives. Reiner for sure lives. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. He's dead as... No, no way he's dead. No. Um... His mom sees him go out as a hero, though, so I'll give you that. Um, Titan power. This is the biggest one. Titan powers are ended. I don't know how. Probably Aaron, obviously, right? Yeah, Aaron wins, and then he kills the switch. You no, know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He switches it off um, after whether he's winning or in the process of winning or losing or whatever. He has a contingency. No more Titans. Period. Um, but I do think. This isn't fucking, uh, you know, it's not Disney. He doesn't remove the curse of Ymir from people. Like, I think everybody who is a Titan shifter now, I think mm. the the time they have left is the time they have left, which is tragic. What a dick move. Well, I don't know if he can turn it off. This future He's hypothetical Aaron. All encompassing. Is That's he true not? too. Like, yeah. You know what else is super goddamn frustrating, by the way? What's that? We'll never hear. I mean, unless something changes radically that we don't know. Like, Ymir having no tum, tongue mm. is very convenient. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll never hear from her, <laughs> which is super frustrating. Yeah. Well, okay. My prediction... Yeah. My prediction is Aaron wins, and, you know, we have, like, that last moment. He does, like, his, you know, you know spooky juju scene where he, you know, kills all the Titan powers. When you and say he wins, you mean the world? Yeah, I think I think I think Aaron topples the world. No chance. Anyway, again, it's my wild prediction. I know, I know. Okay, and then we cut to Historia raising a oh, small f- child that it eerily looks like. Dude, I completely yeah. forgot about that. Dude, we're going back to parody. Yeah, they yeah. Are, you're, we're going back to parody in some regard. God, did he knock her up? I don't think so, but but she is pregnant. She is pregnant. Do you think it's, like, truly an off-screen character? Like, truly? Like, just a guy we don't know? Like, it's not well, fucking John or someone? If they were both... John wouldn't would shut up about it if he, if he knocked up his story. Yeah. Um, no, well, like, I don't know. All we got was, like, a figure in, like, a black robe, like, walking away or something. Or, like, a farmhand. Something stupid like that. Yeah. John know. dies, just so you know. So does Connie. They all die. No. Yeah, for, for sure. I think Mikasa, uh, Mikasa and Reiner are the only two that live. Absolutely not. Um, John and Connie for sure die. Painfully. Yeah. Um, Piek too. Piek goes out. Yeah, Piek, Piek had some good scenes in this. Uh, Annie could live. I could see Annie living. See, Wow, we are so far apart. Annie's 100%, di- 100% dying a hero's death. Yeah. Well, She's saving is. Gabi or Falco, and she goes out. Mm. I'm just trying to be positive. I, <laughs> um all right that's it man we're both that's the fun we are all over the page because we truly don't know and we want to keep it that way so keep it to yourself this is so fun i miss these me too um oh god all right that's it man we made it we talked about it uniqlo's doing a merch drop (laughs) i'm not buying any of that shit um no no, i might i don't know um i'm I'm very excited it's nice huh None, I find none of their stuff fits me. I find the secret is, like, you have to find your sizing for them in, like, their specific, like, lines. But, like, mm. they're, ironically, which people love them for, they're, like, merch sizing. Like, all these collabs they do mm. 
like I hate all those shirts. Like I think they are intentionally printing them on like a specific kind of T-shirt mm. that fits weird. We were because it's cheap, and I uh, a lot of those shirts have not aged well for me at all. No, eh? No, because well, like they the, fit. Leanna has all mine now. All of them. That like I've never like you know they're very thoughtful gifts and whatnot. But like it's just they're I, I, I'm a big dude too. I'm tall. Like they don't make stuff for for tall people very nice. Yeah, no, I'm six seven. I have the same problem. <laughs> Um, I was shopping at Big and Tall. It's crazy. That's part of the fun right there. (laughs) I'd buy that shirt. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because they have a lot of really good stuff. They do. do? Um, Okay, I think this is it. Oh, they do have some good slippers. They do. Oh, I'm wearing their um, sweatpants right now. They have this, you see a line called Dry Sweat or Mm -hmm. Arism, because they have like a whole active line. Sure. It's like wearing scuba gear, but in a pleasant way. When it, not the tightness, the material. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, join us next week. We're going to talk about, um, we'll streetwear. talk about streetwear. Yeah. We're going to have a, we'll, re- we'll review uh, pieces of Supreme. Um, okay. I think this was fun. If uh, you've made it this long and you haven't subscribed to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music, I don't know what you're doing. Or if you haven't followed us at Part Time Otaku Podcast on Instagram, you're just wasting your time. Um, follow us. We do. Q and A's on Mondays for the post show episodes, which will be back next week. Um, shout out again to Stephen Gian on Instagram for the thumbnail, and shout out again to the Comic Book Shop for their sponsorship of the show. We love yous. I think that's it, Grant. Is that it? That is all. You can say the thing, my friend. Bye, guys. Cheers.